Welcome to Finding Emo, our podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early odds and thereabouts. I'm Blake Fisher, and I'm joined by Chris Monier and Kyle Simmons, and this is our one-year birthday show. We were released this uh, a year ago. Um, I think it was April 27th, technically, last year we released the first three episodes, so... Uh, we've made it a whole year, uh, fellas. Big deal. We actually started recording them more than that. But uh, so happy birthday to our podcast. Uh, that's uh, that's nuts. I mean, it was it's been really fun. But I don't. I mean, I guess I thought we'd keep going, but we were yeah. just kind of like having fun. We have we been having fun. Uh, we, we have to. That... Yeah, we have to do it a lot longer too because we're we're only gonna do Jimmy World once a year. You know, we got some. We got some more records to do for sure. Uh, And we appreciate you all listening to us for a year or not a year. Maybe this is the first time you've listened. So uh, feel free to listen to old ones too if you want to. They are not dated at all because they're all 20 year on 20 year old subject matter anyway. Yeah. So it's not like the current events. Uh, Those podcasts are out of date uh, six hours after they release generally. So uh, thanks for joining. Uh, Feel free to give us reviews on iTunes. We like that. Uh, Subscribe. Uh, on whatever you listen to podcasts on so that new episodes just show up. We're still doing them every couple weeks. Uh, that's the schedule for the time being. So thanks for, if you've been around for the whole year, thanks, uh, happy birthday to you too for being for listening to this podcast yeah. for the year. It's important. Uh, today, uh, as Chris sort of alluded to, we're doing Bleed American, the 2001 and now almost 20 years old Bleed uh, Jimmy World record from uh, 2001. So we're uh, excited to do that one. We're probably going to talk for like two hours here. So apologies. <laughs> you can take breaks if you need to while listening. Because yeah. <laughs> we really like this album. We really like Jimmy World. Uh, I don't know if that's been made clear on this podcast yet, but uh, we're big fans. So we kind of uh, normally one of us does the research, quote unquote research. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see, but uh, we kind of split it up this time because just we all felt like everyone needed to partake in this. And so uh, I don't remember who uh, I gave the assignment of the research of the time between clarity and this. So I'm going to go throw right. it to you, Chris, now that you raised your hand. Tell us uh, about the band's hijinks from clarity on. Okay. So we talked about clarity last year, of course. Um, you know, the record, uh, commercially, not a flop, but not by major label standards, right? We th- that's that's the consensus, right? Yeah, they also didn't yeah. push it at all. So no, no absolutely, all yeah, the sense yeah, in the world. But there was a little glimmer at the end when Lucky Denver Mint was on a movie soundtrack, um, and uh, never been so kissed. That's right, featuring right. Drew Barrymore, uh, Drew Brees, the uh, quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, <laughs> oh, newly retired. Yes. Yeah, sorry, wrong, wrong guy. Um, wrong Drew. Uh, wrong Drew, yeah. Wrong it's Drew. okay, Kyle. It's okay. It was a long time ago. It was 20 years. Um, but so it, it's cool because I was trying to put myself in their shoes. If I'm Jimmy at World and that had happened to me, I think I'd be devastated. I would be like, oh, we had this big break. It didn't quite work out. You know, um, uh, Lauren Israel believed in us. Uh, you know, the, the label didn't push us. But they... Um, they said it was kind of a good thing because they decided they were going to take back control of their career and their music. And so they released a compilation album called Singles uh, through an independent label uh, called Big Wheel Recreation. Um, it had some B-sides and unreleased songs. I listened to it nonstop. I loved it. 
Um, and they also did a split with a band called Jebediah, uh, featuring, uh, was it two or three songs? I know that No Sensitivity was in there. Sweetness. And Cautioners um, was on it. Cautioners, the early version <clears throat> of Cautioners, right? Yeah, first version of Cautioners was on it. So um, they decided to go ahead and make this record without the help of a label. So using the money um, from those records they put out and um, working uh, just regular blue collar jobs. I, I always heard that they worked at UPS. I, I, I don't heard know that if too. it's true. Um, I heard that too. I, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I couldn't find anything to verify that online with my research, but I, I know I heard that somewhere. And I know they were like sleeping on each other's floors. And I even remember from the, the documentary, like I remember Zach like writing a check you know, to Trombino, because Trombino, um, I'm getting in into like starting the recording, but basically Trombino says, hey, we'll, we'll worry about, you know, the, the financial piece of this after, after we find someone to get this record. And so they just started working on this record. And, and um, that's, uh, that's kind of the story of how, how Bleed American began. I know that they uh, obvi- like did a bunch of touring between those two. And obviously they were seeing that the fans liked Clarity. Mm-hmm. So I always wondered if it was like the reason it was such a like, oh, OK, whatever we got dropped was because they could see that what they were doing was working in a sense. Like, yeah, people were amped about it. People had that single stuff or that sweetness demo that was going around. Yep. Uh, I, I guess they just like put that on the Internet, like right for the purpose of people downloading it, essentially. I, I straight the first up. Time I heard it. Jimmy me too, was, dude. Was, Napster, yeah. baby. Yep. Yep. I mean, and, my and friend also, you, downloaded on a Napster. Not oh, yeah, I would I never did. have stolen music. Yeah, but if someone hands me free music, I'm not going to turn it down. Yep. Right. So, you know, you got to think. <laughs> <laughs> you got to think they knew they were doing something right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were like, hey, we're gaining momentum. More people are showing up. They seem to like us. So it's got to right. give you a little bit of confidence, but it also has to suck to put all that effort into an album and it just basically. Uh, I mean, it ends up getting the accolades it deserves, but it's got to suck that in that moment you made this like really good record. And I think I'm sure they were very proud of it, too, that just like kind of disappears into the ether of major label land. And uh, I imagine that's just insanely frustrating. Well, I yeah, I can't imagine having the like the moxie to be like, all right, let's dust ourselves off, boys, and try this again, this time with our own money. Um, but you're right, Blake, they they specifically mentioned also touring in Europe and, and specifically Ger- Germany and just yeah. getting really good reception. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I can't help but wonder if maybe a little bit of the optimism they had making bleed American was because like, like you, you know, you can just tell when a crowd is vibing off what you're doing. And if you've seen all these people love it, you got to be like, Hey, we must be doing something right. Let's like, keep this up. Let's try this one more time. Well, they least. didn't backslide either. They, it's not like they had a successful record and then a not successful record. It's like they were doing this incline, you know, the, as as what you're supposed to do, even though they had been dropped by their label. They were still like tours were getting better. Uh, obviously, I think the fans were responding to the music they were putting out, The whether it was clarity or the stuff that they were just putting on the Internet uh, right. at that time, like that sweetness demo and, and stuff. Uh, so, you got, I mean... I'm guessing that's the encouragement there, but it's it's certainly cool of Trombino to be like, hey, uh, I'll just work for free up front and we'll work something on the back end. Trombino had to know that they were going to probably be okay. I don't think that anyone in their wildest dreams thought that, you know, they'd have a plat. Their next record would be platinum, but um, right. But uh, he knew he'd. Get, I think he, he knew he was going to get paid back. Yeah, I think he knew he'd get paid. You know, uh, so anyway, that's that's interesting. Um, 
So do you, do we have any final sales on Clarity before Bleed American comes out? Does <clears> anyone know what that number is? Like the, what the number was in like 2000? Right, like what was it? Oh man! Like in what June of two thousand one, as opposed to July of two thousand one. You know, I mean, I'm sure it went up because I mean, I bought it once I heard of Jimmy World. I bought them both the same day, actually. But so I just, Jeez. I wonder what the sales were before then. I mean, I'm sure it was not a lot because the label didn't, you know, promote it at all. I can, I, I think I can say with pretty. Fair certainty, it was somewhere in the fifty to hundred thousand range, is my yeah. guess. That would be Up, and, and once too. again, I'm saying that this based on the fact that it sold about fifty thousand, like in in its release time, its prime, right? Okay, and so so it probably like increased it right. due to the touring and stuff like that, but probably yeah, not. yeah, but no, but yeah, nowhere near gold, not nowhere near for, enough for a major label to keep trying. So well, that's their uh, loss. I I don't okay. I don't know if if it hit that without the release of Bleed American, though. Because Bleed American's initial successful numbers that they were happy with, that it initially sold 173,000 copies. And it said, let's see, these sales were definitely a big deal to the band because it showed them that the fan base was growing. So I would imagine, like, I don't know, man. I, I mean... It wouldn't surprise me if it was like dud numbers, you know what I mean? Yeah. And how well, cool is thing. that? Because it's it's a record everybody loves now. Well, I bet it was. I bet it was okay. Love. I bet it was in the fifty thousand ish kind of thing. Just just by that, never been kissed. And you can remember how how CDs were selling in the late nineties. I mean, like that's <laughs> they, true, right? Yeah, you, know you could what I mean? fart Things in a were, snare drum and, and sell a hundred hundred yeah, copies. Yeah, I mean like, there so, were. Yeah. It was just right before the digital thing kind of killed physical sales for a while, uh, you know. But I feel like '99 was still pretty strong. For uh, I mean, I still had dial-up. I couldn't download a song <laughs> on Napster. You know what I mean? It was not. It took me it three days to phys- get one. Yeah, it was not very possible. So, uh, so I would I would believe fifty grand. I mean that that doesn't seem. That doesn't seem crazy to me. But either way, you know, building on success, and then they choose to go to this thing, uh, which I guess brings me to me, because I'm talking about the production of the record, which I don't have a ton of specific, like, stuff to talk about here. I have some stuff on specific songs, uh, production-wise. But as as mentioned by Chris, Trombino is like, you can pay me later. Uh, They do the record at a couple of studios in L.A., and... um, Obviously, this one takes a more polished kind of pop rock uh, feel as opposed to Clarity. Clarity is a little bit more, um, I don't know what I'd use the word to describe it. This is a little more straightforward of a pop rock record. And uh, I think it's interesting to me on the production side of things that people feel like they quote unquote, I heard people say this back in the day, that they sold out. I'm like, guys, what do you mean sold out? They made the record, they financed the record themselves. It's the then, opposite of that. And then sold it to a label. It's it's not there is no there was no selling out. It was putting all of their all of their eggs into this basket of making this record. It's like and and they made the record they wanted to make. I don't understand why people say that. I think it is obviously a little bit more polished, but I think most of that's just because 
Trombino's getting better as a producer. They're getting better as a band. I mean, and it's just a different style. Blue American is not, there are not really any songs on this record that fit on Clarity. There are a couple songs on Clarity that fit on this record, but vice versa, I don't, if, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like you could put Blister on this record and it would work, but I don't feel like you could put uh, the middle on Clarity. Right. It just doesn't, it just doesn't work. Um, but, and, and maybe, you know, maybe that's a weird thing to say, but anyway, so production wise, so they do it in these, uh, a couple studios in LA. Uh, obviously Mark Trombino does all of the cool, you know, cautioners programming, which we'll talk about when we get to that song. And, uh, in the, I watched the same thing. I've got the DVD of the, of that live concert from the nine thirty club that has the kind of like retrospective on, uh, they, they recorded it like a year later. It's not actually, uh, footage from when they recorded it, but they just talk about how, look, we just kind of said, we're going to try anything. And if we think it fits the song, we're going to do it. So like, if that's, you know, keys on stuff, great. If it's programming, if it's synthy weird stuff. Um, and I think they made the right decisions on everything. I don't feel like there's anything out of left field on this. It certainly is more polished, like I said, than the last one, but whereas they kind of filled that those holes with like strings and stuff like that on clarity. This one is like more, Oh, here's some programming. Here's some synth stuff. Here's some, uh, you know, more effects and things like that, that were going on for sure. So, uh, I, I generally very much like the production on it, which we'll talk about. Um, and I think obviously this is the record that like kind of launches Trombino into doing a bunch of records in this genre. Uh, cause I think that he'd obviously Trombino had done the two before stacked prevails and clarity, but I think this one's obviously a, a notch above both of those, uh, just production wise, as far as like accessible production, like people are like, Oh, I want to sound like that. I mean, the guitars on this record sound so good, uh, right off the bat with, uh, with uh, bleed American. So, um, yeah, that's really what I've got on the production stuff. I mean, it's really just that kind of retrospective thing where you watch and they kind of talk about some specific songs, uh, I thought it was so funny on that kind of retrospective thing. They show a bunch of like fans asking them like, why did you change sweetness from that demo version? And oh my calling... God. I remember feeling the same way. And they're kind of all like, I don't know. We just like, we didn't really, we weren't like, we got to change this thing. It was just like, you go, in, that's a demo. We go in the studio, you change things, you come up with new parts, you like decide you want to do things a certain way. And like, it's just so funny how, how, uh, how bad their fans got demoitis on that. Yep. That, that, uh, and, and it's funny because like you don't it's uh I I never heard anyone say that about cautioners though but for some reason sweetness <laughs> there was something and it is a great demo version it has it definitely has uh, a spark to it that that I think that they caught in a really good way for a demo but like the real version of sweetness is freaking awesome and I think that most people just have that demo itis kind of thing but it's just interesting because they're like, I don't know. We just kind of, you know, that's what happens in the studio. It's like, obviously people have never been in bands <laughs> like asking right. these questions. But I mean, I do remember like listening to that song all summer. So like when I heard the new version, it, it was just ingrained in me the old way. Now I right. can't even remember how the old one went except for the CD skip noise. I know. I remember that. It had a different breakdown. Um, and the guitar and drum pattern was a little different on it. It was, it was way more sporadic. It was like, Jim was on that ding, 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 all, all the time. And I think Trombino was probably like, all right, just then dial that back just a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's kind of production. Um, Kyle, you're going to tell us about the album's 
success. I, I will, but also I just wanted to say, after Please what do. you said, Blake, I it, a lot of this is probably because I was young, but I I do remember because of Jimmy Eat World, Mark Trombino being kind of one of the first names that I remembered. Like I'm gonna remember this dude's name because, oh, weird, he makes good sounding records, you know, and to go with. Right. To go to, I guess, to go back to what we were just talking about with the sweetness demo, I was, I was shocked that it changed. But at the same time, I remember, like, I remember thinking it sounded so good on this record. Uh, the production just sounded so nice. The quality was so good. It was like, man, I don't care. This sounds awesome. And uh, I, I just think, I don't know if it was the time or if digital records were just getting really good at the time. I assume yeah. it was, this was digital, right? Yeah, so we talked about uh, so here, uh, we talked about um, the the previous one not being digital, right? Yeah, although you know what, I was a little bit wrong on some of that. Okay, um, <clears throat> on Clarity, they did do some recording to tape and then chasing that tape into Pro Tools. Okay, uh, so so Trombino was actually editing and mixing digitally, but they were recording to tape just to get that. You know, people really like the tape kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So does that, does that work? You record a tape and then do it digital. Does it sound the same? I guess it does. Yes, yeah, it basically gives you it gives you the um, non-linear editing that Pro Tools gives you, which is like I can chop anything up and move it anywhere I want. Right, to. but I'm just like, what, what, what? That seems like such an important part of that process, like getting it from tape to that digital that one time. Like, how do you make sure that you retain well the quality, I th- the warmth? I think that the I think one problem is that in the late nineties digital to, or sorry, analog to digital conversion was not as great yet. Yeah. And so capturing the performances was sometimes like, you, you know, you had to have the really good equipment to do that. And so you could kind of like, I think, I think honestly, most of it was like a, instead of just like cutting off the thing that wasn't, that was dying, it was kind of like, well, I'm familiar with this. I know how to do this and I know it sounds good. And I know like, it's more of like a sure thing and it's yep. also a physical backup uh, of, of everything too. Cause it's on tape. And right. so, um, so I don't, I don't know the reasoning, but I don't know how they were still recording to tape. I think a lot of it, especially drums and stuff like that. Cause there is something different about tape on, and I've never gotten to record a tape, but just like, you know, learning about production and listening to stuff, guitars and drums specifically, there's like some, there's some stuff that happens on tape that you just can't quite reproduce digitally you can uh you can fake it with some stuff but there's just some compression that happens naturally on the tape stuff Uh, and then there's other instruments that don't sound as good like pianos don't sound as good on tape in my opinion but um so anyway it was not entirely tape on clarity and this one i think though was all pro tools i don't think that there was uh i don't think there was any tape on this one at least i've never heard i've never heard of any tape being used on this one so it could have happened even though it's just a couple years later well, um, I, but, uh, I felt as though, you know, my my young ears, I remember feeling like this record sounded really good when I first heard it. Bleed American. Yes. Um, yes. And, and uh, I mean, I guess we could argue that the world agreed because this is their biggest record. Um, it's got kick butt songs, but in the first <laughs> four months, it sold 173,000 copies. And they were all jazzed on that. And that's that's the only reason why I thought maybe they could have sold less than 50,000. Because, like, 
I feel like those numbers aren't that far apart. But yeah, it, but fifty to one hundred and seventy is more than four times as much. Yeah, you're right, you know but I mean? it was it was only like what a year before. Uh, two, two. Okay, two. so so I guess okay. So then I guess to that point, it it took just over a year for this record to go platinum. Yeah, and that's when does pretty the middle, impressive. When does the middle release as a video? Not till spring, right? So I'm not sure about the uh, about the video, but I know that it was September of 2001. That's when they released the single. Okay. Uh-huh. Wait, well, right. the the single here's oh November I'm sorry 5th, I'm sorry I, I that was that was bleed American I, I apologize okay. yeah November fifth so but I don't know the video yeah the same that's what changed everything was, around, was the video yeah I bet I don't know yeah I'm, 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 we'll have to look that up um we probably should have already looked that up uh, so but, so I'll say so it takes a year for it to go platinum yep basically yeah. Um I mean, and obviously they're like getting jazzed on on watching this thing freaking snowball because, uh, let's see, four months out, they're at 174. I think it says just... It was November, by the way. Uh, by September the uh, of, uh, or excuse me, the following year in August it had reached platinum status. And as of September 2016, which that's kind of a funny date that they haven't updated since, it had sold it has sold 1.6 million copies. Dang. A lot of that's records. That's pretty good. Yep. I'd take the point six, guys. I I would in a heartbeat. Well yeah. Uh yeah, so platinum record. The point six mil. Yeah. Four singles, Bleed American, Praise Chorus, Middle, and uh What's the other one? I have four singles. Sweetness. Sweetness? Sweetness. Yeah. I didn't say sweetness. I thought I said sweetness. Sorry. There's so many. There are. Um, them they're all, all singles. All classics. So yeah, and kind of launches, uh, I feel like a ton of bands then, you know, are also owe their success to Jimmy World's success on this record. I feel like uh, a lot of stuff came after them that was uh, similar. Not similar, but you know what I mean. Like they were clearly a huge influence on a lot of bands, even if they didn't sound just like them. So, the, I mean, them and ours were one of them. Yeah, them and Blink One Eight Two definitely opened the doors for some other bands to jump yeah, through. For sure. Like I don't think you see, like, you know, saves the day on MTV without the middle break, like I, breaking open the door. I think that's very fair. Uh, well, let's talk about first impressions. So, of the record specifically, we obviously are all familiar with uh jimmy world by the time this record comes out sort of except for maybe me so kyle why don't you go first first impression on the record especially compared to clarity because did you hear him yes you'd heard clarity before yeah and actually so i got into mark uh wheeler up at at blockbuster music or warehouse (laughs) music whatever you want to call it he he actually he 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 introduced me to jimmy world with um the oh gosh what's the oh it's i think it was the static prevails ep like the i I think it was a static prevails ep but it was in between static prevails and clarity and it had some clarity stuff on there um then i then of course i got clarity no that was uh lucky denverment ep Mm-hmm. I can't remember what that was called. Well, it was an EP. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was Lucky Denver's an EP. An EP. I don't it was an EP, it was and it had some. It had stuff from from kind of both of those records, 
And, uh, and then I got clarity and I thought it was freaking awesome. Uh, but man, what's funny is Blake, I know that your, your first impression is probably going to cross hairs with mine a little bit because oh, yeah, cause I bought the record and we me. went to camp. Like yeah, we were at camp right when this, not, not long after this record came out. And I think I, it might've been the day it came. Yeah. Out. I was going to say the, or yeah, the, the following weekend and I'm pretty sure we never stopped listening to it. Like, yeah, that at, was, I, it was just nonstop, was, dude. Anybody that I that wanted to talk about music, dude, you got to hear this record, dude, you got to hear this. This is insane. And I think I remember we even there was a there was a point where like we all snuck off with instruments and we're like trying to figure out one of the songs because <laughs> we were so amped on it. Get it faster. I don't know which song it was. Uh, yeah, I mean that. You know, I yeah, that was you're right, Kyle. It was uh, at church camp. You had probably bought it the day we left because I still got it within the when right when I got back, I went and bought that in Clarity because yeah, we just you were like, you got to listen to this. Well, like, here's oh, the laughable thing about it is uh, it's I so, was and that was my that was my introduction to Jimmy World. I was a year out of high school, like I had ju- this was me graduating, and so I was technically a sponsor. I wasn't I wasn't a a uh, right. student and so I rode up with Aaron and Jeremy in in our own vehicle and we nabbed that thing on the way. I think y'all were playing though. What's that? Weren't y'all playing? Yeah, but we just rode up independently. Yeah, y'all like, were playing at the camp. I'm yeah, for sure. sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We were getting yeah. paid, man. Um, it was uh, someone put you in res- in responsibility of other children, Kyle. Of other children. Were you nineteen? Actually, dude, yes, I was, and uh, and yeah, it was barely. and it was crazy, Blake. I don't know if you remember this because we roomed in the same in the same cabin. This is such a side tangent, did, yeah. but dude, do you remember? <laughs> that sounds so fun. Do you remember me punching the kid in the face and getting in trouble because they woke me up with the super soaker? <laughs> do you have any recollection of this? No. They woke because do you remember that our that our air conditioner you punched a kid in the face? It was it was somebody's cousin. I, I, my statement from earlier and, stands. And <laughs> it was somebody's cousin. And I don't know if you remember this, but I remember I remember all the details perfectly because it was the perfect storm. You're in my room. The AC would not turn off. And in that cabin, and it's like ten square feet. Oh, it was freezing. So it was I do remember freezing that. cold. And <laughs> yeah, it's and, like, and um, they woke. I do remember that. They woke me up with an air horn and a super soaker soaking me, and like it wasn't. I sound like I'm trying to sound tough. I'm not tough. I just instinctively swung my fist because I was terrified, and I punched this kid in the face. <laughs> And I got in major trouble, like for being a, 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 you know, a sponsor, a leader and punching a child. He was like a year younger than me. And punching a kid. To be fair, if you, if you air, wake someone up with an air horn, I feel like getting I, yeah. a, a swing at you is a fair, is a fair And, move. and also. Uh, no, I remember that. I mean, cause I remember. It was freezing. Like I was scared that my freaking comforter was going to freeze up. That's how cold it was in our room. So. <laughs> And my first oh, man, in, I bet my, you were so mad. I was so pissed off. And like, <laughs> and also, cause you probably, cause I just picture like you like struggling to get to sleep and, and finally like feeling like 
you know, the Sandman, like, finally, like, okay, finally. And then that feeling of getting woken up with an air horn. Like, I mean, dude, the kid deserved it. I don't thing, know his name. I don't know where you is, are, dude. But nothing you, you, you had shouldn't have done it. The shouldn't thing, have done it. I Like, I am, I am just so the worst version of myself when I get to those points because then I get frazzled that I'm there. Like, I'm mad. I'm mad that I'm there and mad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm mad that someone's pushed me to that point. And it's just yeah. like, it, it. I mean... I, I regret being mad, but like, anyway, not your fault. I, I, I think it's a justifiable. I went a long way off, but also, uh, <laughs> do you remember the other record that you and I were both pumped on and no one else was into that at that camp? Like, you, uh, I was so well, I mean, excited that you liked this band because no one else listened to them. I mean, it was also clarity because I also did listen to that for the first time there too because I remember seeing the CD and the line on it no but what's the other album i'm i'm drawing a blank stroke nine. Oh, oh nice. dude i do love uh yeah they're nasty little thoughts yep. i still love that yep. record it's i do a too great record i do too uh, you and i it's you a really were, good like, record you had their sticker on their guitar and i remember like we were in the same room i was like i did you you like stroke nine you know who they are <laughs> yeah i, I I did. Uh, that was the band that I first saw play an Orange Amp, and that's what made me want to get an Orange Amp, and eventually did. Uh, that's a great record. Love the Orange Amps. So that's a random. Yeah, it is a great record. Uh, so not an emo record. But so after after all of that, uh, sorry guys, I I took us on a <laughs> trip down okay. memory lane. Um, it's our podcast. It's I fun. enjoy. Yeah. I, I my first impression. Great record. <laughs> and that is all. Yeah, my. My yeah, you introduced it to me, and I just hadn't heard uh, such a great blend of like the pop and rock thing in oh, yeah. that uh, specifically, like in the for Bleed American. I mean, like I said, I was introduced to both of them at the exact same time, so like it, there was never this like oh demoitis thing, or I like Clarity more because I heard it first or something. Like I bought them both the same day. Uh, and I bought, I think that singles EP and stuff like that too, because of basically just anything I could get my hands on, uh, at that point. So it definitely made a, a pretty big impression on, on me. Uh, and then, you know, I immediately started ripping off, uh, Jimmy world, uh, in kind of every way. So, uh, that was my first impression. Chris, what about yours? Oh man, what a summer. So I was just looking at all the albums that came out this summer. Yeah, you guys just graduated high school when this yeah. album came out. So I was on I was on tour with the first the second band I joined. And so basically every it felt like every Tuesday that summer we were having to pull over at a Best Buy. <laughs> I was like I I would have to get there at 10 a.m., you know, cuz uh, you know, uh Take Off Your Pants and Jacket yep. had come out in June. Um Stay What You Are came out July 10th. This was 2 weeks later that this wow. came out. July 14th. So like it was hard for me to pick a CD, but when I heard this record and played it all the way through, I mean, I literally like I think I remember like weeping like at in the middle because I've never heard such a more perfect piece of music than this record in my entire life. I still remember like I I can I can see the van like I remember being in the I was the seat behind the passenger seat and I just froze and I listened to it on my discman all the way through like three times in a row, like while Jason was driving, I remember Cause I asked him if he would drive. Cause I was like, I ha- I want to list this record. It's all right. I want to do today. Um, Cause they were all like super emo guys in this band I was in. And they were like, Oh, they'll never top clarity. Like, and I was just like, dude, whatever this is, this album is perfect. It's perfection. Um, yeah. It, and it was, I, 
I, I think I had to buy this album two or three times because I either lost it or I'd get it scratched up so much. I had to keep buying it. <laughs> I've still got my original. I broke my Clarity uh, disc, but I've still got my original Bleed American one. So, um, and I guess we should also mention that like shortly thereafter, one month, two months after they released this record, September 11th happens and they changed the title of it yep, to, to yep. just Jimmy World and then... Uh, they called uh, Bleed American Salt Sweat Sugar in some other countries, in case you're one of those people. But by the time they re-released it in whatever, the deluxe version in 2008, I think, they went back to calling it Bleed American and, and whatnot. They were like, we don't, we're not worried that anyone thinks we're pro-flying planes into buildings. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's timing <laughs> we are very against that. Right then. Yeah. They had bad timing. Hard, hard you, you two had good timing. Um, Oof, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so shall we jump into track by track stuff, fellas? Any other thoughts on the kind of first impressions or anything? Or shall we just dive right in? Um, I, I do want to say there was another record that we talked about this on. Maybe it was fallout boy, but I, I do remember with this record being like, because blink was big and we were all into pop punk at the time. I remember being like, if this is the new bar for like singing, (laughs) I remember oh. I remember being so sweaty and nervous like oh my <laughs> gosh if this yeah. is if this is the standard then I I think I'm done. I I peaked early and I'm done. What a summer. Yeah, that was a really good 2001 was a really good year. Keep in mind you started in summer but pre-summer you have Weezer's Green Album, which was pretty highly anticipated. They hadn't released an album in four years at that point. You have Dashboard Confessional, places you've come yep. through the most. It's a big year. I think Taking Back Sunday came out that... Or wait, was that 2002? 2000, I don't remember. Anyway. Oh, no, I think you're I right. I think you're right. I think it's 2000. I think it's 2001. Taking Back Sunday... And Brand News Records, I think both came out spring of 2001. So anyway... The name of Tell all album. your friends. Taking Back Tell Sunday's album. Friends. Tell your friends. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. And your favorite uh, weapon. I think those both came out. We, we've done podcasts on both of them. I can't remember what year. Yeah, I'm pretty out. sure. Yeah, the, uh, this says 2002. Oh, okay, I think it's spring 2002. Yeah, so. That's still darn close, though. It's six months away yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, from this record. So, Yeah, so there was definitely a lot of good music to uh, check out. Well, let's go track by track. So let's start with uh, the title track and first track, Bleed American. I'm not crazy because I take Chris, as always, you're the first person to air drum, so you get to talk first about Bleed American uh, thoughts. I always think of you when I think of this song because yeah, we, played, we it played it together for the talent show, and I remember um, Callie was playing bass. Yep, and I had never paid attention to bass players before because it's a meaningless instrument, and people that play it aren't that great. But um, <laughs> I remember when she hit that high note. On the chorus, you know how yep. how Rick yeah, kind of always up. does those little cool yep. bass things yep. that you're like, that was easy, but like you thought of it. And yep. I feel like this whole, I feel like Jimmy World's whole career was built on that. That's easy, but you guys thought of it. This song yeah. is very, it's just a simple, straightforward kind of minor progression. I was kidding about the bass player stuff, by the way, if you're listening <laughs> to the first time, all utmost respect, rhythm section unite. 
Um, uh, but yeah, the um, uh, you know, and it's also another song where the cool thing about J- Jim's lyrics. J- so Jim Adkins only became the lead singer one album ago. This, he's kind of finding his own here. Right. I always love I love Jim's lyrics because you can they don't really seem to mean anything, but they can also mean everything depending on your mood and how you're feeling. Uh, some songs aside, but this song is like it's like what what what, what, are, you, what are you talking about? Like you you can kind of decide how you want to feel if it's like a plus they always seem to start off um you know i think this happened on the next record too um where they always have like kind of a minor like straightforward rock and roll song as their first single they seem to like this seems to be a trend with them so yeah uh yeah caught it so good kyle what are your thoughts on bleed american the first track uh it kicks butt it comes out swinging (laughs) like i i love the guitar part it's uh, significantly different than oh, clarity. Yeah. Oh I yeah, mean, like we are like we're here to rock. We're like setting. Oh, that's the a tone. good point. You know yeah, I mean? if you think about table for glasses. Yeah. So uh, yeah, like they instantly start rocking. Uh, Chris, it's funny that you say what you did about his lyrics because, like, seriously, in the last few years, I realized I'm so used to him kind of like saying random things. I I just realized that space side was a uh, scotch whiskey i had no idea i just thought he was yeah. like saying something cool so that, i i had never I'm learning this that. for the first time when you just said that yeah hey. has he has he stopped drinking at this point <laughs> no he hasn't he doesn't okay. stop until i don't know a decade ago or something like that. i i also i distinctly remember hearing this for the first time and thinking um i think it's really neat when someone has a quality that uh is typically considered like a weakness and and i know that when technical vocal people talk about vibrato a lot of people can 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 talk down on it like it's a flaw and i love that i can hear it in this song and it just adds so much character and sounds so cool to me i think he gets better as a vocalist on every album until uh, basically futures is where he's like, got it. Yeah. And then he's great. Yeah. And I think he's sore and it's not me like dog. And he, like I've listened to interviews with him talking about this where he's like, actually, it was really funny. Cause I can't remember what the podcast was, but like they were either all on or Zach and him were on. I can't remember which podcast it was. I was listening to, but uh, <laughs> Zach was like, I mean, I'm trying to be as diplomatic as possible. But we would say maybe Jim wasn't the best singer <laughs> when it, he like wasn't the singer in the band. But like he worked really hard to become a better singer, you know, like and he he got better on every one of those albums. And I feel like that's the case because like Static Prevails, I think he's still trying to figure it out for sure. And like I like that there's some quality there that I like, but like then he's better on clarity, obviously. And then I feel like this one, he's really stepping into it. And then I think like working with Gil Norton on Futures, that was really the thing that like made him like he just had it at that point. And uh, good. So yeah, I'm I'm into it. I I like his voice a lot, and it's uh, and it's definitely uh, very rock and roll mm-hmm. on this first track. And they're so good at the first track because Table for Glasses really set this tone for clarity that was perfect. That kind of slow build, and then all the layered background vocals and stuff at the end, and the strings and stuff. And then this just sets the record for this. I mean, it sets the tone for this record. It's like, we're going to rock your socks off for the next, whatever, 43 minutes or whatever this this album is. And uh, yeah, good opening track. And uh, honestly, it's the first song of theirs. They play in drop D all the time. It's the first song of theirs that sounds like it's in drop D <laughs> to me. 
if that makes any sense. It's like I get just those chunky guitars. You can just do yeah. a little bit more with some uh, overdrive on a on a drop D Gibson Les Paul. Uh, that's for sure. And I'm that's with when you, you take the e, that's when you take the E string and go down down like, down to D. Yeah, right. They do that. D. No sensitivity is like that too, right? Most of their songs, they play in drop D for almost everything. They're oh, rarely, do they? Yeah, they're in drop D for a ton of stuff. Okay. Um, yeah. That's where you could just hold your finger as a barcode cord, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. And, uh, and among other things. But yeah, I do love opening line. Pretty great. Not alone because the TV's on. <laughs> Not crazy because I take the right pills every day. That's a really good lyric. Yep. And I feel like that's the kind of thing that sticks out to me for Jim because I'm not a huge like, what is this song about and trying to read in the whole thing. But I, those kind of lines, I'm like, I'm into it. I love it. I don't even know uh, what the motivation was for it, but it's a great opening line. Uh, so good he used it for both verses. So uh good opening track bleed american uh kicks it off and then we go to pra- a praise chorus here we go Kyle, thoughts on a praise chorus? Uh, hit, they hit us with the one-two punch on this, man. What a freaking follow-up to that opener. Especially um, with that hat opening. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, I mean, honestly, they they kind of run seamlessly together. It's like one, you know, you, you we talk about tracks that like you don't skip. And this is maybe yep. an album that you don't skip, but I mean, you definitely don't skip track two after listening to one. At least I don't. Um, no, how could and, you? And and also, I blasphemous. Uh, I love the part that you played. The uh, the uh, is it is it Simon and Garfunkel? Is that is is that who they no, that's, had to credit? Uh, Tommy James Tommy the Shondells. That's okay. Right, yeah. I, like I knew I knew I knew it was I knew it was among uh, others. Yeah, someone. A- anyway. I knew it wasn't Jimmy Eat World originally, and I love how they seamlessly go from it back into their thing. And I love, I yep. love, I love the clip that you just played. It's a great song. It also rocks. And I think again, like as poppy as this record can be at times, I do think that they just are are letting it be known this is a different record where this is a different sound, and I'm into it. The thing I would always, I've, if I got to hang out with them and ask them a question, I would love to know, like, is the stuttering thing, was that like a trombino thing? Was that a thing they did as a joke one time and then it worked? Because I love it, mm-hmm. but it also doesn't seem like something that he, like, wrote on the lyrics. And then I'm going to go, I'm going to go, you know, like, I don't know if that's like a, you know, Billy Joel throwback or something. The whole song is obviously a throwback and a and an homage to all these songs and artists that they love, which we get on a couple different songs on this record. And I just, oh, I love when I, like I said, I've got a whole playlist of bands name dropping bands because I love hearing a band talk about the things that they like 
which I just think it's so it's cool to hear like, oh, they like these songs and they're writing a song about liking these songs. And then now I like this song and I don't know. I just uh, I think it's a cool thing that they uh, most of the people that are listening to this probably didn't really know any of the songs. I mean, because uh, all of them were from the 80s or before, you know, <laughs> like uh, that they mention all the all the lyrics that they drop in this. But, uh, you know, everything from what Motley Crue to as, as mentioned, Crimson and Clover and, and various other things. So, uh, I just like that. And I think you're right, Kyle. It's a, it's a great second track and they, they really, they've got me. I mean, like, I don't need to, uh, if we're doing the, like, I'm at the CD warehouse or whatever the CD store is of your choice back then. And you get the little, you, you gotta pop the CD in. This is how we previewed music without Spotify and whatnot. Uh, two tracks in, I'm buying this record for sure. I mean, I don't oh, yeah. need I don't need to hear the rest of it. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on Praise Chorus? Same thing you guys said. Yeah, that I love that they're shouting out to all their homies. Like shouting out to Davey from the Promise Ring, um, right? Who's uh, on the track, by the way? Yeah, right. He sings, right? Yeah, Just background um, vocals. God, it. I think the coolest thing about this song is that the drum, even the drums, are a hook. Because I remember we had just gotten this uh, new practice space in downtown called the downtown music box. Like my, uh, yeah. Ministry far had. And I remember we heard someone playing yeah. and like, we ran over like to the practice, to the other practice space. We're like, who is it? It was our friend from high school, Jonathan Knight and his band <laughs> with playing. We're like, Holy crap, Jonathan, what's up? And they were covering the song anchors for arsenal. And we, I mean, we became really close after that. Cause we like bonded over Jimmy world. Right. Was, yeah. That song was, um, you heard somebody else play that. I was like, oh, you're my soul brother, man. Um, yeah, it, it, what a spectacular song. It's, uh, yeah. But, yeah, and you're right. The, the stutter is something I remember very specifically, um, just thinking how cool that was. And you're right. Like, I imagine in the studio, like, I'd almost be like kind of nervous, like, should I try this? Would, it, would that be weird? And like, does that work? Uh, I just want to know yeah. whose idea it was because I love it. Uh, yeah. He doesn't ever do it live. Uh, oh, he doesn't? He, no, I've never. I don't, oh, I don't, no, I or at that. least I don't think he ever has, um, so everyone in the crowd hard. does though. It is well, pretty yeah. hard to do actually. Yeah. Or especially the, 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 things one. I don't know why that one's harder for me than the, than the S, but, um, uh, it's great. It's a great part. I, I do really like it. And, uh, you can't not move a little bit while listening to this song. I feel like you, you want to be moving and, uh, and I, as much as I would love, I would love for them to do a 20 year anniversary of this album and play it front to back, but it'd be pretty hard to front load your set with bleed American praise chorus, the middle, your house and sweetness. (laughs) The three songs you play for an encore are in the first five songs. Just Uh, play them again, man. But yeah, whatever. I mean, because everyone knows what happens. I mean, when Zach goes to the the hi hats intro, everyone knows what's coming like, you know, on this song and it is freaking fun. Um, Fun live for sure. Well, that will take us to uh, the middle, which is obviously their biggest single on this record. Don't write yourself off, yeah. It's only in your head you feel left out. Look down on 
is a great example of the production stuff that we were kind of talking about earlier as far as like there's some little synthy programming things in there. Obviously, we've got a full-on guitar solo, which is really the only time in Jimmy World's entire catalog that they have like a straight, as Jim Atkins called it, a going for it guitar solo. Going for but, it, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. But it needs it. Like this it song, like it needed that. Like, I can't imagine some simple thing. They actually, in that retrospective thing, have, like, the original weird loopy stuff that Trombino was trying to play out. And it just, like, obviously, we now know the finished product. But, like, it just clearly wasn't working. And I think it was like, we need a solo here. Uh, and it's fun. It's a great guitar solo. It's uh, it's just fun. Like, this whole song is really fun. Some people don't like this song. I think it's just... I My theory on that is that it's because it was a huge single and kind of played everywhere, but, and people maybe just got sick of it, but I, I still think it's a great song. Chris, what are your thoughts on the middle? I have to be honest. When I first heard the record, like it just kind of blended into all the other amazingness. Like it didn't stick out to me in any special way. I'm not saying that I didn't like it. I'm just saying like, I didn't think this song was going to reinvent launch them that launched their the career. Stratosphere. Yeah. Now the video is what yes. did it. Because that was one of the coolest music videos ever. It was so simple. Just, I mean, I remember the first time seeing it. You know, that it's just really yep. quiet. And that girl's like walking in and she takes off her jacket. And you're like, oh my God, what is going to happen? And it's like, oh, it's these guys. I just bought this album. What? Is this their video? Cool. And like, <laughs> you know, I was so used to videos of bands I like, like kind of like being on late night, like 120 minutes or like, yep. you know, or MTV2 specifically. So this was uh, 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 kind of weird for me when I noticed other people were liking it too. Um, what I like so, about the... yeah, I'll, I always like the song, but like I said, when I first heard it, it just kind of like was like one of many other good songs to me. I, I didn't realize um, it was going to be so epic. It's rare that someone makes a video that actually goes along with the point of the song and isn't like terrible. Yep. Um, and this like nails it because I remember specifically this video coming out and I thought it was genius. And I had a teacher that was like, sort of like, Oh, that's the one with all those like people dancing around their underwear. I was like, yeah, but that's not the point of the video. The point of the video is that it's done like that. You shouldn't follow the crowd when they're all dancing around their underwear. Like yep. the two people, the band isn't like, following the crowd either. Right. Yeah. And so I, and, and once she, I explained that she was like, Oh, okay. Well that, I get it. Okay. But it was a great, like, but also there's a bunch of people dancing around in their underwear, which is not going to do bad for you as far as airplay on MTV. So it's like just a genius, uh, whoever was the, the pitch person, uh, for that concept. Good job. Uh, it's great. It's right. It, but it, you're absolutely right. It's so weird how like, they're like above the fray. Like, Oh yeah, no, th it's about like not being in your underwear, but it doesn't change right. the fact there's super attractive people dancing in their underwear the whole Correct. three minutes. Exactly. <laughs> so, right. Win, win. And the band's just sitting there in their plain clothes, you know, like average middle-aged guys just like rocking out. Like, oh. So here's my question. Uh, we were all, I was not quite of, I was of age by the time that this video came out. Would you have, uh, danced in your underwear for the Jimmy Eat World video shoot for the middle. I think I Never. might have. Never. Not without alcohol, which I would not be old enough to have. And I think then. I would have. I think if I had the opportunity, I think I liked this band so much that if like the week after this album came out, they were like, would you be in the video and be in your underwear? I'd be like, yeah, I think I can do that. I, I don't think that anyone would want to see this body. <laughs> no, I don't think anyone. Underwear. No one would have asked. I'd be like That's not the, the question, models. Chris. Like, maybe you'd see my hairy arm <laughs> stick up. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, what about you? Would you have? I totally would have. 
Yeah. I mean, and and I would have loved every second of it. Maybe not everyone else around me would have loved it, but man, I would have right. freaking partied in my own. <laughs> yeah, it would have been fun. Been awesome. <laughs> Something to show the kids. Yeah. <laughs> Something to look back on. Look at the video I was in. Hey, go ahead. I was I was gonna say, um, I I didn't share my thoughts on the middle, and my thoughts are the same as you guys. Good to know. Uh, in that <laughs> retrospective thing, Jim says this was his answer to like, he couldn't quite figure out what the, he kind of had the structure of the verse a little bit, but he didn't know what the course was going to be. And so he was, um, I can't remember his story, but anyway, he just said like, what would the boss do? Like, what would Bruce Springsteen do Ooh. on this chorus? And it like, it's exactly what Bruce, that, that, it, that sounds like a Bruce Springsteen lyric. Like just take some time, little girl, you're in the middle of the ride. It's a great I was like, what a great, like, what would the boss do? I think we could probably all just ask ourselves that question, maybe be slightly better songwriters, but, um, and it certainly worked out pretty well. (laughs) Worked out pretty well for, for Jim and the boys. Uh, let's go to your house. Chris, what are your thoughts on your house? The song, not your house that you're in right now. My house is all right. Song is great. Um, all I can picture ever since I saw that documentary, though, is the middle part where they're all hitting the drums. Right. I love that part. I have stolen that uh, idea and used it on no less than, or I guess no fewer is the correct English grammatical way to say it. Probably four records. <laughs> pretty sure i've done the kind of marching band style three or four people playing drums at the same time i just love it it's a great way to fill some space and uh and yeah same thing when i first heard this i was just like what is happening uh i love it and i love that they actually all you know three of them sat in a room and did it um kyle what are your thoughts on your house uh again the song I I love it. Uh, I mean, it's it is all about percussion and and rhythm. This song for me, but I do really love, especially in that clip that you just played, the uh, the the guitar part like underneath mm-hmm. sounds so cool. What what's that effect? What is that called? Uh, like what would what would I'd you call the way the, the style that he's playing there? Well, he's doing like a muted a palm muted. Yeah arpeggio arpeggio that's 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 the thing that i yeah dude arpeggiated yeah it sounds it sounds so cool this one you have to listen to in headphones like it is a this is such a headphone jam there's so much going on there's so many like layers of little things background vocals kind of marching band drum stuff you're right percussion all over the place and oddly enough uh, it was not a song that grabbed me when I first got the record. And I think it's because it's really, unfortunately, we've got Bleed American Praise Chorus, The Middle, and then Sweetness following this. Mm. And so I think I just wanted to go to Sweetness sometimes. And 
I think, and I also just think that like the the acoustic guitar intro didn't grab me in the right way, and I was stupid because it didn't take a long time for me to figure out that like, no, this is like one of the cooler, um, it's one of the like cooler production songs on the record. I totally. think as far as and it's also great. Like I I now and it like I say I say now it's not like it took me twenty years to figure out this song was great. It was it probably took me maybe a couple months to figure out. So it's probably my grower, not a shower spoiler alert, but spoilers, uh, spoilers, but it's so freaking good. And every part of it's great. And there's no, I just, I think they nailed it with this one. I I don't think they uh, could, could have done it any better. I'm going to, I'm going to get this wrong and it's going to shame my family. But, uh, my, my mom, uh, sang in a big band growing up. And Correct. I was immediately drawn to this song because I, I don't remember what it is, if it's like bossa nova or rumba, but the st- the, per- the percussion that's happening here is a specific like style or it's a beat that's used in one of those one of those styles of songs. And so it instantly grabbed me like, whoa, I have to listen to this all the time with my mom and these old men that are playing these songs. And this is right. this is a cool version of that. I love it. I I think they uh, and it's just, there's something uh, like nostalgic about it that I can't put my finger on that just makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside yeah. more so than even though I like the rest of the record. This one really, really very much like uh, shall we go to sweetness? Do it. This is the uh, the third single, I believe, from the record. But anyway, here we go. start this one with a question is this maybe the best crowd participation song ever written <laughs> it's just there's no it's, i've never had more fun i don't think at a concert than ever at a, any jimmy world's concert singing this song with the crowd it's fun awesome. the woes are fantastic uh Building feels like it's gonna fall down. People are ju- Kane's ballroom feels like the floor is gonna yeah. collapse yeah. with people jumping up and down. Uh, My favorite sweetness. band asking me if I'm listening. I yep. am inclined. I to am answer. listening. I am listening. Whoa, uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on sweetness? So in general, uh, as much as I enjoy lyrics, uh, I have no freaking clue what this song is about. It's kind of dark. I think it's about. Being an alcoholic. Okay. Actually, well, womp well, womp. Yeah. <laughs> Even so, back to our old friend. In spite of in spite of myself and my preferences, I this is one of my favorite songs of all time. It just rocks. Like it, it it never comes on that I'm not turning it up. And like everybody else, be quiet. This is important. Jimmy Eat World is singing sweetness. Um. So, uh, I I love yeah. it. I agree. He talks about how he, uh, I think specifically on a couple songs on this record, he kind of took these very, what seems like very happy songs, 
kind of wrote darker lyrics for them. So like Bleed American and of course Bleed American has a more aggressive kind of feel to it anyway. But like, yeah, this is definitely one where he was like, yeah, it feels very happy, <laughs> but the lyrics are not so much. So, uh, you know, and he doesn't go into like the details of anything ever. I feel like never, never. but he, you know, give you a general, but you can, you know, same thing, space side whiskey, you can put two and two together on some of this stuff. And I don't know if he's talking about himself or other people. Cause I don't feel like he, uh, at least I've listened to a couple of podcasts of him talking about it or whatever. And I don't think that happened for a while that he did the like, Oh, I might have a problem and stop drinking kind of thing. Um, I was certainly surprised because I never, he never struck me as some guy that was like drunk on stage or something. Like I never, I don't feel like I he's such a sweet guy. Like I wonder if like his extreme alcoholism was like one time he was like, Hey buddy, I've had enough. And they were like, Jimmy, Jimmy. (laughs) Whoa. Man. (laughs) I guess. Yeah. It's not, it's not all beating your wives, I guess. Some people have like, just some people are just like, I've got a problem. And like, they were like, Oh, you seem like a normal guy. I don't know. I just Uh, keep waking up with headaches guys. I think I'm done. Yeah, well, that, could, that could do it for you, too. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on Sweetness? I love this song. It's so good. Zachary Lind. Oh, you, yeah. Let's talk about some drums on this one. You play the drums well. I love that this song. I love the magic you made. It's perfect. Um, yeah. How, how, I, I can't think of a more perfect drum part to a song like that. Just nailed it and is like both easy and hard. I mean, it's, it's difficult to play, but it's also like the perfect. I don't know how to explain it. It's magic. It's drum magic. That's all he does. I think you you brought up a really good point earlier, Chris. I feel like, and we've talked about this before, but specifically on this record, most of it, now when you really put headphones on and start listening to all the little minutia going on, it's like, there's a lot of really cool stuff. But like at its base, most of these songs are are fairly simple as far as like the parts that go into them. And including this drum part, it's really like, like you could, most you know, decent drummers could play the part. It's not like it's, but it's like, yeah, but you didn't come up with it kind of thing. And, and same thing with the guitar parts and stuff like that. But like, it's all of it together. And it's these guys also having been a band for so long uh, at this point that they just like play really well together. Um, and I just, I think it's, you're right. The drum part is fantastic. It's recognizable. If you, stripped everything else out you would know same thing yeah. with praise chorus it's like you'd know it's praise chorus immediately you'd know it's sweetness immediately um and it's just it's also a, amazing live it's a great song um and they deserve i remember though like i got the record obviously bleed american was the first single on it which is clearly just like rock radio kind of single you know that's generally what happened back in the day uh and then the middle was like huge like a huge thing but i was like okay, I know Sweetness is going to be a single on this, right? Right. There's no, you know what I mean? I was like... We've been listening to this since before the album came out, or surely. You know what I mean? And so, and I'm like, uh, and so when that came, I I remember being very excited for that being a single, because I was like, this is going to rock people's uh, world if they didn't, because I I just think it's such a good song. And uh, yeah. That's. I mean, I can't think of anything else to say about it. Kinda it kind of did. I mean, the 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 as a single, I'm not sure how great it did on the radio. The video was kind of weird. The video yeah, was the weird. weird, but yeah, the, but did, but people really liked the middle. So I don't know. If, that's uh, true. They were going to be th- able to repeat that, even though we thought the song. I I, I love this song more than the middle, obviously. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, if I had to 
if I had to pick one, I'd pick Sweetness. But I mean, I do love the middle too. But this is, uh, gosh, it's a really good song. And uh, hence the reason they are playing at the end of their sets most nights, you know? It's like, uh, they know what's going on. So let's go to Hear You Me. Slow it down just a little bit. I never said thank you for that Now I never have a chance May angels lead you got it in there but i do love that piano part kyle what are your thoughts on hear you me i also love that piano part um honestly it's weird i really like this song but also it it always has always felt heavy and sad to me um and so well yeah it's very sad (laughs) i'm just saying like up until this moment you know i've just been rocking out and enjoying every single song and uh and suddenly I'm just super bummed out and it's a great song. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just, um, it kind of killed, it kind of killed its own vibe for me. Yeah. So, but yeah, love but the I song. liked that. I mean, the, obviously I don't know where else yeah, I would, I mean, this is, is not an instance of putting it somewhere quite, else on the album. Like oh, that, yeah, yeah. that's not what I mean. It, it, it's fine where it is. It's just, it's just sad, you know? Well, so. and I think it, it, it was also really heavy if, you knew anything about the music scene and knew that it was about two real people who lost their lives and that, that were friends with a lot of bands. And Weezer also wrote a song about, um, Michael and Carly, Michael and Carly. Yeah. Um, and God, it's such a touching tribute. I mean, I, I seriously cried the first time I heard it. Like I, I couldn't stop crying cause it was just so, um, incredibly touching. It's a, uh, a perfect, perfect song. Um, yeah. very special. It's also, pretty... uh, did, did I get this right? Is this the the Sacred Heart song? Oh yes, yeah. it absolutely is. The yeah. I've never Heart called song. one of these out, so I was really excited to be the first one. Let me be right, the first. Guys? Let me be the first to tell you: No, this is not. The <laughs> <Sacred>. <laughs> no, you, you you got it, Chris. Good job. I think it's more in the. I think it's probably more of in in the middle of an episode of Scrubs, and yeah. not the wrap up song. Probably uh, okay. Okay. I think we normally are ending on a slightly higher note sometimes on Scrubs, but I do think it would definitely be a God good. Dang it. Um, I tried. We should probably check. Was it? <laughs> Was it Jimmy World song on Scrubs? We forgot to check that before. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's really sweet. It's also, uh, you know, there's obviously lots of songs about people dying. Uh, it's another level for you to write a song about some fans of yours that died. I mean, I know that like these people were like super fans, obviously, uh, and whatnot. So, uh, of specifically Weezer, but they were apparently big fans of Jimmy World at, at the time as well. And so, yeah, it's just sweet, you know, and uh, and honestly, both the songs uh, that I know are written about them, both really great because Weezer's Michael and Carly is also a great uh, song and tribute. And so, yeah, it's a really sweet thing to do. And 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 obviously it's a good song and I I like the production on it. Kyle, do you have any other thoughts other than just being sad in the middle? No, of I mean, it, it's a good it's a good song. It's just like I said, it just it kind of takes me, you know, like I'm soaring up until this point through this record, loving every moment and it just it is it's just really sad and i don't want it to go away and i i love the song it's just um 
I don't know. It just, it just, it's heavy. It is, but yeah. I'm all about a good, uh, sweet, sad song. Yeah. I joke that my favorite, one of my favorite genres is sad English people. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> bands like uh, Bears Den and stuff, where you're uh-huh. just like, it's just sad Scottish people or something. You know, just, uh-huh. I'm into it. Uh, but, uh, okay, let's It go. rains a lot there. It does. I, <laughs> it I does. probably feel Not the a lot same of sunshine. way. sunshine. Yeah. I don't know if they're actually Scottish. I might have gotten that wrong. Uh, anyway, let's go to If You Don't, Don't. So here we are now. A sip of wine, a sip of water. Someday, maybe. Maybe someday we'll be smarter. Chris Monier, thoughts on if you don't, don't. I mean, first of all, isn't the bridge of this song what the the stinger that plays through that DVD menu? I think you're right. I think because like yes. I always see that DVD menu when it gets to the bridge of the song. I, that's just a <laughs> uh, uh, like a weird Chris thing. But that the uh, ooh, yeah. Um, I always liked this song. Until me and Blake's band were uh, recording three songs for the end of our album in Arizona and True. went to the bar that he talks about, the bar that's on Ninth and Ash. Ninth and Ash, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's called Ninth and Ash. That's right. It's called we, Ninth and Ash, I think. Right. And we actually we 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 went and tried to find ghosts hiding um, in the uh, men's bathroom where you pee onto a rock. It was fun. I've always loved. That memory, probably one of my top 10 favorite memories of all time was going to that bar and thinking of Jim and all those guys like hanging out in there. Indeed. Uh, yeah, I, I, I had forgotten to put that in my notes that we have been to the bar, the, the actual Ninth and Ash. I, we weren't there on a Tuesday, though, I don't think. We were <sighs> it was probably a different night of the week. We, we should have arranged. We should have gone on a Tuesday. Uh, I love this song. I I think it's uh, I think it's really smart. Uh, I love that like the chorus is a palm muted guitar instead of kind of the traditional, let's get into the big chunky stuff in the chorus stuff. I just like that. They were thinking about like, Oh, well, how can we do this differently? Different dynamics. Uh, or different I love songs, all yeah. the weird phaser and delay stuff yes. that's going on in the background, which another production thing was on that kind of, uh, behind the scenes thing or retrospective thing they did. They talked about how he literally just like Tommy would be playing guitar and Jim would just be like changing the settings on the delay pedal as he was playing. So that's why you hear these weird, like, like war, like warbles and stuff because he's changing the delay time, like back and forth as he's playing. Anyway, it's just really cool. They just got some really cool sounds with it. And it um, it is one of those that I feel like they, um, I don't want to, I don't want to say they like, I feel like before this, everything they did was like, oh, we could do this live. I mean, on Clarity's, there's some stuff for sure where you have to like, you're not going to have string players probably while on tour and stuff like that. I feel like this is a good example. Um, uh, and obviously, Cautioner is coming up in a little bit of kind of going like, well, hey, we don't have to be able to do all this kind of stuff live. And I have seen them play this live, but it doesn't quite translate as well because everything's so like, obviously, there's keyboard, ding, ding, ding. And before yeah. that, an alternate guy playing that kind of stuff. 
Um, but you know, it feels like they're kind of going like, Oh, we can do some studio stuff and not have to be able to recreate absolutely everything perfect. Uh, and I like that. I like to be able to kind of go like, well, this is a studio song and this is one we're going to play live and stuff. And I feel like this is kind of one of those. Um, and I, I couldn't get all, I couldn't fit all of it in 30 seconds. Um, I love that verse that I played. Um, but I do also love the way he sings the last chorus uh, where he says like, I need this, need this, you know, like I yeah. just love that line. I just feel like you can just feel him singing with all of his everything. Yep. Uh, and I just love the way his voice is on this track. I think more than any, I might like his voice better on this one. Just like the way they captured a performance than like any performance caught um, on it. Like maybe that and kill. Those are probably like two of my favorite. Like I just feel like they caught something. Yeah. Uh, magic in a bottle. Uh, Kyle thoughts on if you don't, don't. My my first note for this song was very strong vocal. I completely agree. His vocal is just awesome. I also really love that. Um, I love that bridge part, and I love how the uh, the I don't know if it's quite a solo, but like I love how the guitar mimics what the vocal's doing, or vice versa. You know, the woos and the guitar yes. line. I think that's freaking cool. So, uh, great song. Yeah. Those are my thoughts. I, that is a that is a really good part of the song too. I forgot to mention that, but Kyle, that's a great the bridge solo in mm-hmm. them um, mimicking each other is fantastic. I love it. Uh, I think this is where uh, Mark Trombino really starts to shine and and not just do. You know, Bleed American is one thing. It's a, it's a straightforward rock song, and there's still some really cool stuff. But like again, listen to this in headphones. It's fantastic. There's stuff all over the place. I love it. Uh, let's go to get it faster. And I, I have a feeling I know what we're all going to talk about after we play get it faster. to play that part right uh, I mean, like, yeah. how you not uh they mentioned in that kind of retrospective thing that they like kind of did that in the rehearsal stuff and they kind of just all laughed hysterically <laughs> and i feel like i can see that <laughs> and i feel like i can uh but you know what's funny is that i there was someone else i want to say it was like tom petty or there's someone that kind of said that that's like that's how you we knew we know when it's the right thing to do it's like when we just play something and everyone just or is John Mayer I think that's who I heard say it one time it's like we'd be we'll play something and if everyone kind of bust out laughing at it we're kind of like that's it that's what we have to do it's like it just brings like the joy of and I did the same thing probably when I heard that I was just like this is so awesome I love that they did this like ridiculous breakdown guitar part in the middle of this song uh that starts off super same thing it's like it's all weird and quiet at the beginning and noisy and stuff and all of a sudden they freaking just come out with these uh huge beefy guitars and uh this sort of metal-esque thing and i love it chris what are your thoughts other than laughing hysterically at the bridge uh all i ever think about is that they palm mute that last note Yes. 
I just I that that I just lose it every time I think about them being like when Jimmy's like I just see one of them being like guys guys what if we it's just everybody be like yes of I agree. course the, uh, the yes the final palm mute of every phrase is uh, is also uh, fantastic and the the harmonizing top part I mean it's just it's ridiculous but it's it's perfect for it it is so it's like almost stupid but it that's what Mike makes it hilarious I mean and it's also so like like I remember. That's why I thought of Kyle when you said we were trying to learn a song. I remember everybody in the band that I was in was trying to learn how to do this, and our guitar player figured he could do it. He figured out how to do it by himself. It sounded. I remember it sounding pretty close, but they it's two two sets of guitars in the yes when they do it live, right? Six guitars probably well, right, right, doing right, this right. now. No, they do it. Um, they do it like a answer and call. They back, both right? no, they both play it. I think live. Oh, I nice. Think they nice. both do, but like the recording is obviously. Two right. parts and the other yeah. But they do both uh go up on it and it's it's awesome live too. They're pretty good at this kind of breakdown thing. It's funny, this this thing may have started as a funny joke, but like that breakdown on Past the Baby is oh. so good. Uh oh my gosh. I, I literally <laughs> it's kind of same thing though. The first time I heard it, I was just like, This is awesome. Like I still I miss uh, guitar parts being a thing, I feel like it like like guitar solos just kind of went away for the most part, and like awesome guitar riffs. I feel like I just played it for like a benefit show for a charity where we played a bunch of '80s rock songs, and like "Hip to Be Square." The song is not hard to play. That riff is awesome though. Like like just I just feel like that's not a thing that happens anymore, and I feel like Jimmy World has a few of these kind of awesome guitar riffs that are uh, almost uh, Guitar Hero worthy if they still made Guitar Hero. <laughs> I don't think they do anymore. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a good breakdown. Uh, any other thoughts on on Get It Faster? It's a good song too. Two, uh, I, I have two thoughts. Yeah. One, that that freaking guitar part, man. Like it is, it's worthy of, of the uh, 80s movie uh, like improve yourself montage, like the, the you know, the yes. dork becoming the hero. Like it is, it is that great. Um, it, 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 you could see someone riding a bike and like sweating or like Rocky running stairs to it. I, I don't know. It, it just has that vibe for me. It's, it's I got- looped it that year for a skit at school. It was like, it was like superhero rejects or something like that but it was the same yep. thing it was like for the intro of the superheroes I, sure. do, I just looped that bridge uh and it's yeah it works well for that you're right a mon, an 80s montage would work late well. night at the library librarian's yeah. trying to usher him out he just wants to study just a little more darn it uh the other thing i was gonna say not to not to take us off uh off topic again but you mentioned it so uh if chris if, if chris goes far enough back in his text messages for me uh when that record came out, I remember texting Chris, have you listened to Pass the Baby yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, like, all the way through. Did, have you listened to oh, it all the way, way through? through. <laughs> that breakdown uh, is insane. It's it's so good. Um, yeah, that's not too far off track. I think that that's a fair uh, comparison because uh, they are I, I think, really awesome I think what breakdowns. we're saying is they're good at guitars. They are. and uh, And I feel like they... Um, and, and again, not terribly complicated. Although, like the bridge of 
that breakdown in Pass the Baby is complicated because it's like changing time signatures and there's uh-huh. different numbers of hits and like it, it is pretty. That one's actually pretty complicated. Uh, this one's not necessarily complicated, but it's just it's just awesome. I also really like the quiet, the super quiet vo- verses. Oh like, yeah, I love that it's like really big choruses and especially the verse that's after this breakdown with all the noise and stuff. It's just got a great feel to it. And I don't know. I assume that's a lot of Trombino's really good at filling space with like weird noises. Uh, he's really good at that. Uh, I'm sure they were like, you know, it's like they came with that. And then he was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, I think that's just where he thrives. It's like, yeah, let me play around in pro tools with this. Uh, which speaking of playing around in pro tools, uh, let's go to cautioners. your mind come Monday and turn your back on me you take your steps away with hesitance you take your steps So let's talk about production stuff. So most of this song, almost all of it, is just like a single note or a hit on the drums. And then Trombino's like gritting that stuff out in Pro Tools. So like the what you hear and you think is a hi-hat is really a crash cymbal that he's just like chopping off. And then so the whole thing is none of it was him playing. It was like a single hit of a snare, single hit of a like crash, single hit of a kick, single hit of uh, the notes. Don't. The guitars, no all that kind of stuff. And then he's chopping all that stuff up. So didn't, 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 so it's all programmed essentially. Um, which is why they say like, we don't ever, um, <laughs> we don't ever play it live <laughs> because we couldn't yeah. possibly play it that robotically. Yeah. Uh, Jim Madkins actually just said every letter of the alphabet. And then he went and made the lyrics <laughs> out of that. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> uh, and so, <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, it's a it's a pretty cool, especially compared to obviously the there was a the original demo sort of version of this, or not really demo version. It was on that split, right? That right. Jebediah or whatever. Yeah, uh, which had come out, which, which had they them used playing to on help it. raise money for the record. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a pretty uh, it's de- definitely showcasing Trombino stuff and kind of what you can do with. To me, this was the first. Um, Maybe not the first, because there was there was pop music that was maybe this kind of stuff was happening. This was kind of the first rock song I heard that clearly had like, oh no, we're using digital editing as a instrument almost. Mm-hmm. Like it's it was being used as a like, hey, we you could not possibly do this with tape. Okay, you can do it with tape because Pink Floyd did it with money, but it it was really hard to do it <laughs> with tape. Uh, you couldn't do this with tape, but you could do looping and stuff like that, but. Um, yeah, it's just a cool, and on top of that, it's a, it's a really good song, uh, features, I forgot to mention this, but uh, there's a few songs on the record that have obviously a female singing. This would be one of them, uh, which her name is Rachel Hayden. I, I don't know. I, the first time I saw them live, there was a girl singing sometimes with them and playing keys on like, if you don't, don't, I don't know if it was her or someone else, but she came back and was on the latest record surviving. So uh, I really like their voices together. I don't know if it's just because I'm nostalgic for this specific record and uh, her being on it, but I, I like them together. Sounds good. Chris, what are your thoughts on uh, 
and cautioners. Now that I well, I I was gonna ask Kyle Pro Tools editing. Right. Well, I was gonna ask Kyle because I I don't think me and him were studio nerds at all at the time. I didn't really have any idea any of that stuff was happening. I just liked the song. Right. <laughs> no, man. I mean, I don't mean that. I just mean like. <laughs> no, I get it. Like I I did not hear that at all. Like I I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool drum thing. Like I wish I would have understood at the time, like how much technical like work had gone into making yeah. it sound like that. I was just like, Oh, he, I guess he just like grabbed the symbol with his hand. Just That's cool. It. Nope. <laughs> but uh, I mean, Ky- yeah. Kyle, I did it. you, did you notice any of the nerdery that I did when I was, man, uh, I, I mean, like I heard that it was different. I definitely did not notice, notice those things, but like it, it is a freaking awesome song. And, and you having described it now, it makes a lot of sense as to how it sounds the way it, or as to why it sounds the way that it does. Cause I'm, I'm with Chris, like, like, wow, I guess he's just grabbing that symbol real quick. Um, <laughs> but that meant what you said makes a whole lot more sense. And also, uh, while, while I'm at it, I'll just say great song. And I, I, I love his voice with, uh, you said her name's Rachel, Rachel, man, yeah. what a, Rachel what a nice, what a nice blend of voices. So it's a pretty part. Uh, another thing that's fun that I think I did get from that retrospective thing, but also it it has just always made sense to me. This is the same song as a praise chorus. It's just slower. It is you can lay them on top of each other. They that's have, right. I remember this. They have the same structure exactly, like same chords. You can even overlay some of the melodies. You can basically sing either song on top of the other one, including like you know the the bridge is that one chord. Does does it. a mashup exist? No, but I've always wanted to do one. And I, a, a buddy with another podcast, we've been talking about doing, well, pre-pandemic last year, we were talking about like, hey, we should do like a 20-year anniversary Bleed American show and have different people cover every song. And so I, I would maybe do that. It's like mash the two of them up into one kind of thing or something. Cause I think it's cool when people do that. Uh, like it's like, wait, I've already written this song. Why don't I just slow it down and change the lyrics and, uh, and we'll call it a twofer. Um, cause yeah, I don't think any, for the most part you wouldn't notice, but yeah, the chord structure is basically the same. Uh, you can basically lay them on top of each other if you change the tempo of one of them. So I've, someone needs to do a mashup. Maybe there is one on YouTube. We'll look, I haven't, I haven't checked, but I, I guess you would have to assume they wrote cautioners first since it was on that. I would assume so, but I don't know. You never know. Sometimes you can pull an old demo out because maybe Praise Course just wouldn't have fit on uh, Clarity. Maybe they had it in the pocket already. Yeah. I don't know. Hard to tell. Uh, either way, I like it. It's a good song, uh, which takes us to the Authority song. thoughts on authority song okay so i love this song um it's such a it just like it weirdly fits but it's you know 
it goes back to that like kind of almost like 50s 60s vibe yeah um it's a john mellencamp song right called the authority song as well right which this, and this is like an like, homage to it sort yeah of? and it yeah and it sounds like it could be a mellencamp song i mean can you like yes. picture john mellencamp singing this song <laughs> Like I, I could absolutely slight, can. change the style just slightly, but like that kind of swing and the dun, 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 very yeah. 60s for sure. Although he wasn't an artist in the 60s, but still, um, yeah, it's a good song. And, you know, we always Chris, one time you asked because like the deluxe version of this or the some of the B-side stuff on uh, other releases had Splash, Turn and Twist. And you were always like, I wonder why Splash Turn and Twist wasn't on the record. And I was like, I always think it's because they, this and that and Authority Song were similar enough on vibe that they picked one or the other. Yep. I think you're right. But I that's think they picked gr- the right one, if, if that's true. I think so too. But Splash Turn and Twist is a great song too. Um, yeah. But it's always great to have that, like, for yeah. a B side or. It is um, a great. Yeah. Or ex- it actually is a good extra track. It's actually, you know. And what is that lyric he said? The DJ never has it. JMC Automatic. JAMC Automatic. Jim Atkins sometimes crams uh, one too many things into. <laughs> yeah, so it's like JMC Automatic, which I think is a turntable. Ah. I could be wrong about that. <laughs> I was hoping one of you guys knew what, what was going on there. Uh, I'll, I'll look that up though. We'll put it in the show notes. That I don't. I don't even think the show notes work anymore. By the way, guys, I think I think Apple broke their app, and 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 links don't work anymore in their descriptions. Oh, oh weird. I'm not 100 percent sure about that, but I was like, I was listening to another podcast the other day, and it had show notes, but clearly they were supposed to be links, and none of them were hyperlinks. So uh, ours might be doing the same thing. So these show notes might not even matter. But uh, anywho, uh, Kyle, do you have any thoughts on the Authority song? Yes, um, I think it kicks butt. I love that it's doo woppy. <laughs> Maybe, and it is doo woppy. That's the right word. And yep. um, I actually, so I read the lyrics at, on Apple Music as the DJ never has it. JMC automatic, and I thought it was a a Mellencamp reference. John Mellencamp, JMC automatic. I, I have no idea, but they list the lyrics. Ooh as jmc automatic so we've john, got a mystery on our hands Mellon guys cougar. john mellencamp john mellen cougar oh man <laughs> he never took that moniker on he never did the hybrid why didn't he he did cougar know. then mellencamp he never he missed a golden opportunity there oh you guys stupid i'm wrong star. i'm totally wrong okay uh it's it's a song. It's automatic by the Jesus and Mary Chain. J A M C Jesus and Mary Chain. Oh well, that's cool. That's what it was. I thought All it because right. of the headphones and stuff. That's why I thought it was a DJ thing. All right. I think. Well, but yet another reference to again another, another song. song yeah. Just kind of like praise chorus, where we're just kind of giving homage to the things that dudes they, that uh, love music singing about dudes music. That love music singing about music. And um, it, it's a great song. Kick butt. All right, well, good to know. Now that we've solved that mystery 20 years into it, I just never even thought to look that up until just now. Um, we oh, solved yeah, the world. And then you'd bet he'd play What Goes On is a Beatles song, right? Yeah. Well, there we go. Well, maybe. I don't know. Something hmm. like that. Jim, come on the show. We have questions. Yeah, we, we've yeah, got so on, many Jim. questions. We haven't... In- <laughs> How could you have possibly known? But... Uh, Anyway, let's go to the final track, My Sundown. Oh, then your crop crash. 
it's really impossible for me to grab 30 seconds of this song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just like there's too many good parts in it. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on the final track, My Sundown? Well, if you guys outlive me, just, you know, all I ask is that you play this perfectly together as my coffin is descends into the ground. <laughs> if you miss a single harmony, I'm going to haunt you until your last days. I no. swear to God. That's all I ask. I feel That's like it's it. a pretty simple request. That's not too hard of a request. Well, as your uh, friend, I will do my best. Yeah. But I might try. <laughs> but I make no promises. But I make no promises. Uh, These guys just nail it on last songs, and this is no exception. I mean, it's they it's called really, sundown, really do my sundown, and it's it. You just picture Jim like riding off into the sunset, the desert sunset. It's a beautiful song. I've always really wanted to see them play this one live. Like I really, I really want to see them play this live. I just feel like it would have a really good, it could have a really good live energy if you played it like the last song before the encore kind of thing. I feel like it would just like do the lights right. I feel like it everybody's would be singing that. Good yeah, goodbye. yeah, yeah. And Rachel sounds fantastic on this one again. Uh, perfect, Rach. uh, beautiful angelic voice that she has and. Yeah, it's a really good song, and oddly enough, so this this album has quite a bit of acoustic stuff on it, which was another thing that I was like, uh, you know, most of the time you just had kind of the "Hear You Me" acoustic song that was kind mm-hmm. of the staple of the rock band. You gotta gotta have a ballad on there or a sad song or something like that. That's when we pull out the acoustic guitar. But we've kind of got it all over the place, and it feels uh, it always feels appropriate. And I feel like on this one, it it's just that great kind of driving. I love it. It's simple. Uh, not even really strumming the whole thing. Uh, it's just a great song. I really hard for me to pick thirty seconds because I could have gone to the end with the weird loopy stuff going on, the reverse guitar part, and uh, I love it, man. I just really, I cannot say enough about how good they are at doing at bookending records with really good opening song, really good ending song, a lot of good songs in between. But like they really, really, really nail <laughs> the first and last song pretty much every time. Um. And uh, and this is, I think, their best last song. Does anyone? I mean, they got a lot of good ones, but I I think it might I might like it more than even Goodbye Sky Harbor, even though I love the crazy sixteen minutes and stuff. But what are you? Oh, are you saying twenty three is the best yeah. ending song? My opinion. No, I think that's fine too. Yeah, I mean that's a really good one too. It's hard for me to pick between them. I think part of it is because I really want to see him play this live, and I just know mm. it's not going to happen unless they do a. American Kyle, break the tie. Through. Kyle, what do you or think? Pick a new- their, or pick a different or- one. I think everyone's opinion is valid. Coward. <laughs> such a cop out. Cop <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, I, 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 it's I, your I, truth. It's my <laughs> least favorite thing that people say these days. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to pick between them. Um, it is okay. impossible. It's so, like. What are yeah. your thoughts on the song though? Like what how yeah. how does this song make you yeah, feel? Yeah, tell us about the song in general. Just, so, okay, so like what's what's weird track. This one, you know, this one feels sad, but also to me, I feel like this whole record when I first listened to it, Jimmy Eat World was like kind of saying after clarity, you don't know me. You don't know who I am. I can do whatever I want and I can kick butt at that. And then this lot for whatever reason, maybe I'm crazy, but I feel like this one to me um was kind of like a, almost like a, um, what's the word? Like a security blanket. Like it, this felt very Jimmy world to me. And I, I have always loved this song. And I don't know if it's cause they pull out some of the, 
some of the similar tricks. Glockenspiel. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know if that's. Whoa. But but dude, ma- you blew. You're blowing my mind right now. But that I mean, th- this one was like, and and it was. It, it's so weird that they ended the record this way. But I love. I mean, I love it. I think it's perfect. It's great. But um, yeah, I think I just thought vomited on you guys. I'm sorry, but I I, I no, love. I get what you're saying. Like the whole record is like, nah, we're different or, or we're capable of more. And then like the end, this last song is just like the most perfect version of them. So. Yeah. I think, you know, I, my statement earlier about like, I don't feel like there's a lot of songs you could pull from this record and put on clarity. My sundown probably does fit on clarity. Okay. Um, probably the only one. It's probably the only one, though, um, that does fit. But it doesn't. It's not like it feels like a clarity song. Like I said, it just feels like I don't see how you could write this song and it not be like, well, that's got to be the last track. I mean, right. I, I don't think. I think you had to have known that before even laying it down in the studio. Like, I don't. I always want to know. Like, I wonder if they knew the order. Did the order come later? But I mean, I feel like how do you have this song and not be like, yeah, this is gonna be the last track. By the way, on the record, there's just no way you can't do that, right? I agree. Um, yeah, so still want the Bleed American tour where they play it front to back so that I can hear your house live and yeah. so that I can hear my sundown live and cautioners live. Honestly, I, I think I, I think they did play cautioners the <laughs> first time I saw them in like 2002, but, uh, I have not seen your house or my sundown and I really want to see those two real bad. Come on guys. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Make it happen. Well, uh, that wraps up track by track discussion. Let's go to kind of our lasting impressions and awards. I mean, this is stupid. Obviously, it holds up. Why yep. even ask the question? It's uh, a really don't good even ask the question. Now, this is where things get a little more interesting because we've obviously talked about this a little bit. Because we talked about this on the Clarity episode. Uh, is it their best and or most important album, Chris Monier? Oh my god. I should have thought about this question. <laughs> because we ask it on every episode. <laughs> so shoot from the hip, my coming. man. I know, but the, like I'm always just listening to songs and getting really into them and I, That's I true. forget I, I don't but I mean it's really hard to argue against it being their most important for their career cuz it yeah, kind of brought them out of that funk from getting dropped from Capital. Obviously the biggest selling um I don't think it's, uh, man, I don't know. It's, I mean, song for song, it really, I don't think another album beats it. Because every song on this record is perfect. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair assessment. Kyle, where are you at on (laughs) on the two questions? Best album, most important? Can you land anywhere? Yeah, I'll land somewhere. I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it to them that it's their most important, if only for what Chris said. Like, just give, just like validation, right? Like, yeah, we 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 knew we were good. We knew people would like us, and they do. Um, but I don't think it's their best record, and I think every song on this record is awesome. But I don't think it's their best record. I think every song on their next three records is awesome. Or excuse me, this record and the following two. I know we have. A, I, I know. I know. I know that there's there's a certain song that the three of us disagree on. I really I don't know, want to talk right. about it right now. We we'll won't talk yet, about it next we'll year. Do that one next year. Uh, we'll do but, but I think that I think that those 
three out. I mean, Clarity's amazing too, but the next, this record and the next two are perfect. Every song is perfect. And so I don't think it's their best. I, I mean, honestly, I think Futures is, is my always and forever fave, but, um, but I, I've mentioned it before. Chase This Light is an underrated record, man. It is underrated. So here's where I think I land, and it'd be interesting to actually go back and listen to our first episode where we talk about clarity and see what I said then. But <laughs> yeah, um, like no, this is the best. <laughs> Nothing surpasses it. <laughs> here's what I, here's what I'm pretty sure. Hands down, I cannot pick between these four records: Clarity, Bleed American, uh, Futures, and Chase This Light. I think they are all perfect, mm-hmm. and they're all different enough that I can't. You don't even, have to. You don't have to choose. You know what I mean? And I don't have to choose. You're right. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. But here's the important thing. Here's so best album is is basically it's a wash because I wouldn't I I couldn't possibly get rid of any of those four. Um when we say important, I agree with Chris in the sense like it's the most important for them as a band, but I don't think it's their most important as far as influencing other music because I think every band I know was influenced by clarity. Right. You know what I mean? And so, or new at the time, because it was just literally every band was it loved that record, and so that can't help but seep in. So it's like, I I just wonder, uh, and we can't we couldn't possibly map all the bands and albums and songs that got influenced by Jimmy World in the early two thousands because it's probably a it's probably way more than their success would would uh, would indicate if that makes sense like. I don't like Jimmy world. Obviously this was a a successful record, but a lot of people just know Jimmy world from the middle and that's it. Like, you know what I mean? There's a lot of people that don't know anything beyond that. Um, or, you know, they might know a couple of the other singles work was a pretty big single too. Um, but you know, it, so that's what I wonder. It's like, if you could actually map out how much bleed American influence bands and stuff and music that came out after it versus clarity, I bet clarity, has an edge on Bleed American, uh, mostly because I think Bleed American is more straightforward of a rock and pop kind of record. Uh, I, I don't want to call it straightforward because it's not. It was still very unique, and I, I haven't heard. But it was easier to rip off, if that makes sense, whereas Clarity was kind of like, oh, we could be like a different kind of band, and we could, you know, I don't know. I just feel like it. So basically, all that is to say, I can't tell you. I don't know. I think commercially, yes, it's their most important. Um, and I guess you could argue best at that point because it had the most success. But um, I really can't pick between those four. I think Kyle's exactly right. Chase This Light is criminally underrated. Totally. Doesn't get enough credit. Um, but uh, that's for another podcast, I suppose. So Two years from to- now. Two years from now, uh, let's go to Desert Island Songs. If it's even possible, pick two or three of your favorites on this album. Uh, we'll start with Kyle. Okay, so I'm. This may sound completely stupid to you guys, but I'm going I don't to think pick. It will be, but I'm go going ahead. to pick one song because if I had more than one song, I would miss the entire rest of the record. And and I'd be sad that I didn't have it. So I'm picking sweetness, and that's it. I'm gonna rock You're out just going by one. My, I'm going one because if I had more than one, then I would miss all the rest. But if I just had a single, I feel like I could handle that. I know okay. that's a weird answer. I told I like you your logic. I, I warned you. It's a weird. <laughs> okay, 
Kyle, where, where, I mean, Chris, where are you at? I also have a weird answer. I refuse to answer this question. <laughs> I respect that. No, no. Nope. Stick to your guns. Okay. <laughs> so we've got Chris All right, Blake, is going to answer. Kyle's giving only sweetness. Do I get to um, – hold on. Can I take your three and your sure. two and just do the whole yeah, album? You take you, Yeah, you take you get five. So go ahead, man. What are, you, what are, know, your, get, what are your five – it's why why not? It's oh, the Wild right. West, man. Oh, I forgot to give you your I forget to give you your three, yeah. So you're gonna have uh, a great desert island experience, man. You got I the would whole have record. a great, yeah. Uh no, I mean if good I really luck, could only good do... luck deciding which ones you're not taking. Yeah, no, you're right. That is hard. Uh I think with with only three, I'm gonna play the game by the rules because you guys know how much <laughs> I like <right>. rules. <laughs> I've been accused of uh being a rule Nazi before. Uh I think I have to go with I think I'm going your house, sweetness, and if you don't, don't. Ooh. I think those are my three. I, I have, like that list. Um, those are good picks. I really, I agree. Little, like under the radar, like as far as like, you know, I like it. Yeah, I just, I've, I've always loved, loved, loved those, uh, especially if you don't, don't. I think I might like it even more than sweetness even though sweetness is obviously a crowd pleaser and one i want to rock out to but like if you don't don't it's like just one of my favorite songs ever and i think it is maybe one of it's got to be one of the best jim atkins vocal performance captures uh, i you, just love it you made me appreciate that song more than i did like li- you talking about that song and all the cool elements of it yeah made me like love that and when i i, I think now when i hear that song I'm like i like this song better because of how much Blake loves it. <laughs> so, so is there a nobody's perfect then? I'm going to assume not. No one's kicking a song off this record, right? No, I'm not. No, there's Man. not, there's not 20 seconds of this record. I'd get rid of. I don't, I don't think I can't. It's really good. Do you um, guys, and do you get, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. They met the, I was just going to say, I think they accomplished what they were trying to. It's like, obviously they were like, we're going to make a great record. We're not going to go, to a label and let them tell us what they want us to be. We're going to make the record we want to make. And then we'll, if you want to buy it and distribute it, great. And like, I think that worked out great for them Yep. on DreamWorks and then DreamWorks folds in Interscope and whatnot. But um, yeah, I mean, I think they accomplished uh, what they wanted to do. I mean, I think it checked off not just the artistic boxes for them, but the like, we're proud of this. And then someone said, yes, we'll give you money for that and, and actually promote it and make music videos and push it to radio and make you guys successful, you know? And so I'm, I, that's gotta be a huge, that's gotta be very vindicating because mm-hmm. it's really the only time they do that because from then on, they're obviously on a label and with clarity, they sort of, I mean, it sounds like they kind of knew the writing might be on the wall that they're, you know, it, they thought that might be the last chance they had to record something period. You know, they didn't know what was right. going to happen after that to them as a band. So it's gotta be nice to not just like make a, making music is interesting. Cause it's like, it's sometimes it's, you're just doing it for you. And like, you don't really care. I, I think everyone always wants people to hear their songs. Some people maybe don't, but it's gotta be nice to actually be like, Hey, the goal of this is like, we're going to make a record and, and go get a deal and, and, make it successful after having just been dropped and stuff. And I think that's probably pretty uh, satisfying to them. I would think at the time. So I wanted to mention uh, something let's go to, oh. oh, go ahead, Kyle. 
I wanted to mention something that I think is just super cool about, you know, we, we always talk about like, does it, does it hold up? Have we talked about, does it hold up yet? Or did we just say, yeah, duh. Well, we just said, yeah, duh. We okay, just kind so, of skipped right over that, but go so, ahead. And if you want to elaborate, so, yeah, well, uh, I just, I obviously this is, there is help from another star, but I think this is super cool. Do you guys remember in 2016 when Taylor Swift did her Apple yes. music ad and she played the middle and she's like, Oh, I yep. love this song. So this speaks to also her star power, but I think it it also speaks to how 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 well this music still holds up. I don't know. I was looking for these numbers and thank goodness I found them. So when from that ad, the middle soared 298% in sales and 49% in US streams, it went from 3000 downloads. It's on the charts again. It charted at number 16. Yeah. <laughs> After being played it 14 again, yes. years later, uh, is to say it went from, yeah. it, it was, it was averaging a weekly 3000 downloads and went to 12,000 downloads. It went from an average of 600,000 clicks to 916,000 clicks. I mean, and, and yes, a lot of that is also, I do not want to dis discredit, uh, T Swift, man, she's got it going on, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't have done that if the song didn't kick butt. No, it's timeless. Yep. So. Right. It's because everyone was like, oh, I, I loved that song too. It's I awesome. That. Yeah, no, they did a couple of things. Uh, she she covered uh, on her tour, she would go through and like do pick some artists from that state and cover a song from them. And so I think she did, she might have done the middle. I don't know what she it was. Did do she the covered middle. something. Yeah. And with Jim, and it was at the middle. And then yep. they covered uh, on Conan. What did they cover? Uh, we are never ever getting back together. <laughs> Is that what they covered? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, anyway, it's kind of a cool. Uh, you like to see that, like again, artists kind of crushing on other artists and stuff like that. And I think at one point she had like a, not a tattoo, but like written on her arm, like the the lyrics from "For Me This Is Heaven" on some part of that tour or something too. And you're just like, you don't have to do that. You're Taylor Swift, but like, yep. if there's one thing I like about Taylor Swift, it's that like she's clearly a fan of music. Yeah, like there's no, no doubt about it, and I'm glad that one of the bands she likes is Jimmy World because obviously she's got good taste. Yep. Um. So, what about Grower Not a Shower? Is there is there a song on the record that maybe you didn't love right at first, but grew on you? Uh, Kyle, I love them all. So you you went with one song for Desert Island and all of them for Grower. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So all yeah. none all. of them grew on you. Just liked them all. I just liked them all. I, I I really liked it. I was I was pumped on this band, and so when this record came out, I was I was super in. excited. Well, and like Chris Chris mentioned that you would hear other bands play it, and it would be like, oh, you like Jimmy Eat World too, and it would like create a bond. Yeah. I I distinctly remember us playing a show with Minutes Too Far. I think it was pre Blake, and you and Danny were like just stuck around after sound check and played the middle together, and I was like. Oh, they're cool, you know. Like they, these guys are awesome. They know good music, <laughs> and uh, and 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 as stupid as that sounds, like at that time, uh, you know, I was in a I was in a ska band, and and they were a punk band, and it was so weird because I feel like we all got along, but our fans I don't think liked each other, and it was it was kind of awkward. But I remember it being like, see, these guys are cool. They like Jimmy Eat World, you know. Like I I knew you were cool, and it was just validation that you were cool. 
I think for me, um, your house was probably actually something that. Sorry, was that too abrupt of a transition between? <laughs> anyway, yeah, whatever. I mean, it's too far. Didn't exist just, before I'm just me. Seeing that Blake is seeing that we're two hours in, and he's I'm just like, "Come we're on, two hours in." Yeah, that's mostly what I'm seeing. Uh, or almost two hours in. Uh, anyway, your house. I just uh, something didn't grab me right at first. And I think it's just because sweetness was right after it, but it didn't take, didn't take very long for it to grow on me. But uh, it it eventually I liked it, and then eventually I was like, okay, I really love this song, and then it eventually became one of the three that I would take on a desert island. So mm. I think that I would count that as grower not a show. Chris, what about you? You have one? Uh, I th- yeah, no, it was. I, I already talked about it a little bit, so I won't go too far into it. But yeah, uh, the uh, if you don't don't like. I think I think some of the reasons that we talked about, like how it's kind of a chill song with yeah. the palm muted, uh, like kind of felt like that. I hate to call it the lull in the middle of the album because it, it by no means is like some of the other lulls we've talked about. Right. But, you know, it was kind of like in between the, you know, it was like, oh, we're getting back to the to the good stuff. But you appreciated that song so much. And after just like really listen to it with headphones and really listening to all the different elements of it, that's that's what made me. Now it's one of my favorite songs on the album. It is a good placement because like obviously Hear You Me is really, really down and low and then Get It Faster is back up to rock. So to me, if you don't know, it's also a good just kind of transition between those, a good bridge between those two songs. I just uh, also love when like Jim does that, uh, the thing, um, the, the endearing words that he uses, like like when he says, now honey, when you dust and... Yeah. Um, he has this way of doing that that it make it just makes it sound so cool. I could never pull it off like he does, but <laughs> yeah, he does a good job with it. Um, any other thoughts on this record uh, that you need to get off your chest before my we, wife's uh, wrap it up? My wife's quote. My wife reminded me that her quote on MySpace was "Kickstart my rock and roll heart." I have to think that that might be part of the reason we're married to this day. Yeah, I think that's a good good reason. Uh, there were many a Jimmy World lyrics used as my away message back in the day, uh, and I had a, a a big hand goes round uh, screen name, which was a reference to a Clarity song. To be fair, but uh, that was my secret instant messenger account. Kyle, any any final thoughts? None. Kyle has no. <laughs> This is like a dramatic pause, though. Uh, well, uh, that's it for us. Thanks for sticking with us for like almost two hours. If you uh, if you stuck around for this long, sorry. We we really like this band. If you haven't uh, if you haven't noticed, and uh, they're kind of a staple of the genre, we'd say. So, uh, thanks for listening. Again, you can review us. You can subscribe to us. You can tell your friends about us. Uh, we like doing this. We hope you enjoy listening to them. Thanks for hanging out with us for. A whole year. Uh, that's pretty cool. What a weird yeah, year party! It certainly has been. Uh, we we came up with this idea and started recording them before pandemic uh, set in, and then uh, pandemic happened, and now we're finally kind of coming out of that. Are you guys vaccinated? Are we all? Are we fully all vaxxed? vaxxed. I'm, I, I'm wrapping up Thursday. Oh, I'm fully yeah. vaxxed. Uh, so we're show, excited to maybe see shows in the near future, rock concerts. Uh, maybe we can see Jimmy World uh, this year sometime because it was weird not seeing them on a surviving tour. 
Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the first. You know. It's like I hope they. I hope they do. If they do a tour, they play a lot from that record because it's really good. It is really good. Uh, surviving that record. I need. So. I need some. Mer- I need some new merch so young people can tell some me swag. that swag. Their parents used to listen to that band and yep, break my that's heart. Exactly what's uh, what's happening with me now is like like my twenty three year old cousins are like who and I'm like oh god I'm now the old guy. Uh, anyway, that's it. So uh, obviously you can send your thoughts to info at findingemopod.com or on all the social media stuff at findingemopod. That's Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all the fun things. And, uh, you know, tell us where you disagree with us. Uh, we'll tell you you're wrong, obviously, but uh, give us your thoughts on what we got right, what we got wrong. Uh, other than that, we'll catch you next time for the year and two weeks episode. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.